Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Hill City Church in Springfield, Missouri. We are a community of believers who exist to glorify God by making disciples who bring gospel restoration to our city and world. For more information about Hill City or to support our ministry, you can find us online at hillcitysgf.org. Well, good morning. It's so great to be here this morning. Um, We were counting the days um, for our trip Our kids are excited to be here. Um, I think we have two kids, a a nine-year-old boy and a five-year-old daughter. She just turned five last year, last week, I'm sorry. And so she's... She's, um, uh, she was really excited when we, um, we told her that there was going to be some snow. So they're enjoying the weather. Um, it's kind of cold, right? For us, um, we lived in Florida for many years. We are from Mexico. We are from central Mexico. My, my wife and I were born and raised in Mexico. And, and part of our heart to go back to, to our country is because we have seen the need of the gospel in our country. And God has placed that need and God stirred stirred up our hearts for us to go tell our people how great God is. And that's why we went back. After living many years here in in, in the States and and, and God just kind of broke our heart and told us to go back to a city that is in great need of the gospel. Tijuana is the um, northern point of Latin America, is the doorway, is the entry to Latin America and Mexico. It's one of the busiest borders in the world. 300,000 people cross through that border daily, and, 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 and it just continues to grow. It's kind of hard to tell the population because a lot of people are coming and going from different states in Mexico. And, and with that being said, that has brought a lot of issues into the city. Some of you guys know, some of you guys that have been on the trips, um, you can tell the difference as soon as you cross the border. And when we th- went there for the first time back in 2013, just on a mission trip, and we always say this, going on a mission trip, it will change your life. And I say that because it has changed my life. God used that city to break our heart And God used that city to show us that the gospel still needs to be preached in different places. You know, there's things that are different over there from here. You know, education is different. Um, Housing is different. A lot of things are different. The level of poverty is very high. You know, and we understand we cannot fix those things. But one thing we do understand and we know for sure, that the gospel of Jesus can change that city. I might not be able to provide a good education for every single kid that you saw in that video, but I can give them the message of hope. So this morning, I want to share a passage that has been a a passage that God has brought to our lives and has been the the motivation this, this year for us as we celebrate God's grace there and how he's moving. It's out of 1 Peter chapter 1. And we're going to be on verse 13 
through 22nd. And if Jake is here, Jake, um, we talked on Friday, uh, on Friday night at the gathering, and he asked me, uh, what are you going to preach on Sunday? And I said, I'm going to preach on First Peter. And he said, what chapter? And I said, oh, chapter 4, man. And he's like, I'm going to go home and read chapter 4. So it's not chapter 4, Jake. It's chapter 1. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just getting here. I was tired. But I'm sure God wants you to read that chapter. So I hope you were encouraged by chapter 4 in First Peter. So, so we're going to be chapter 1 of First Peter. And let me just tell you a little bit about the context here on First Peter. Peter's writing to a group of Christians, to a group of believers who were going through some difficult times in their lives. They were being persecuted by their faith. And so Peter's writing with the purpose to encourage them to be strong in their faith, to, to be strong in the hope that only Jesus can provide. You know, the Bible talks in Psalm 46, it talks that, you know, that he is our shelter, he is our refuge, and he is our help. You know, the, the world around us may be falling apart, but Jesus stands firm in his throne as the king of kings. And that's what gives us hope. Ministering in a city where, there a lot, where there's a lot of social issues and we understand our limitations. My wife and I understand our limitations. By the way, my wife is here. Um, Betty, can you raise your hand? She's right over there. So um, I'm so thankful for her. Um, she's always an encouragement and a blessing to myself and my kids. So I praise the Lord for her. So, um, so we understand our limitations. And we understand that there's so much that we can do. But at the same time, we understand that we have a powerful message in Jesus that can change those lives. The context of Tijuana has been a, a city over the, over the years that has been affected by many issues, social issues. Like I said, there's a lot of poverty, um, a lot of addictions, things that have ruined families. There are a lot of dysfunctional families. And so Peter is writing this 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 passage, he's writing this book to encourage people to be strong in the grace of God and to be firm in, on God's grace because that's our hope. Right in the middle of this chunk of verses, we find as what we know the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we talk about the gospel as Christians, as believers, we talk about the gospel, we preach about the gospel. We, we plan churches because of the gospel. And sometimes we might think that the gospel is only for, for those who are non-Christians. But let me tell you something, Hillsdale Church. The gospel changes us every day. Changes our lives. You know, I have had the blessing to live in different cities 
um, like I said, I was born and raised in Mexico, central Mexico, in a state called San Luis Potosí. It's the very heart of Mexico. It's right at the center. And, and, and so we were born, and I was born and raised there, my wife too. And, and we moved to Florida. Uh, my, my dad is a pastor. And, and, and we lived in Florida, central Florida, Orlando, Florida. Then we moved to um, New Mexico State, West Texas. Then we moved back to Florida. Then we moved to California, now back in Mexico. And one thing I have discovered throughout those, those moves, life is life wherever you go. And you will face issues and problems wherever you go. Problems are part of this life. They're part of this broken world. But also one thing I have discovered that what gives us hope is Jesus Christ, the gospel. So the message right in the, in, in the center of this, this passage, we find the gospel of Jesus Christ, his work, the gospel that transforms our lives, the gospel that can transform families, the gospel that can transform cities, the gospel that can transform your community. And so Peter writes them to encourage them so, but I ask the question, what is the gospel? And what effects does the gospel have in our lives? And how can I know what the gospel did in my life? And how can I know what the gospel is doing in my life? So this morning, I just want to share a few things that the gospel does in us. And the first thing I'm going to read on, on verse um, 13, and, 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 and this is what it says. It says, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus. You know, the gospel affects my way of thinking. It affects the way that I see the problems in life. You know, like I said, um, there are a lot of dysfunctional families in our community, in our city. A lot of broken families. And, and, and sometimes what you will see is that, that, that those, those, those patterns will, will repeat. You know, another generation will come and we repeat the same thing that mom and dad did before. I remember one time being there, the first time I went there, we were going on the streets and, and, and we were inviting some kids for, for an outreach that we did. And, and, and I remember going to a house, I knocked on the door and this, this little girl came out, I think she was four, and I asked her, hey, can I, can I speak with your, with your mom or your dad? And she said, they're not here. And then her little sister came. She was around two or three. And then she was watching her baby brother too. And that just broke my heart. That was not in the picture. You know, and, and, and we have seen that throughout our communities. And we think, okay, we want to, we want that to be different. 
And the only thing that can change those patterns is the gospel. Because it affects my way of thinking. So Peter is encouraging them to be mentally ready. He is encouraging them to be ready in their way of thinking, in their reasoning. Why? Because let's be honest. When we are in trouble, when we are in, in under pressure, the tendency is to react without thinking properly. For example, sometimes if you're in an argument, you know, you will say things that you don't really want to say. Because you are in the moment and you're not thinking according to the gospel. So the gospel, it, it, it will change, it will change the, 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 um, the way that we perceive issues. The gospel changes our thinking. So after knowing the gospel, after knowing Jesus Christ, our way of thinking has to be different. We cannot see life the, the, the same way we used to see it before knowing Christ. Because Jesus changes the way we think. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. You know, the filter of our thoughts is Jesus Christ. So the gospel changes the way we think. It changes the way we see the problems in this life. So the advice that Peter is giving, it says, hey, think clearly and put your hope in Jesus Christ and in the grace that he has given you. Because we, we understand when we are in difficult times, our reaction is to look for something to place our hope. And that only hope is Jesus Christ. You know, problems are going to come. They're part of life. I've seen that, I see that every day in Tijuana. But what stays firm and doesn't change is the gospel of Jesus, our hope. So, so Peter is saying, hey, place your hope in the gospel, in the grace of God and what God has done for us. But also, what, what the gospel does in, in, in our lives, it also affects our actions. Verse 14 through 16 says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you should be holy, for I am holy. So when I think according to the gospel, this will result acting according to the gospel. So it not only changes the, the, the way we think, but also changes the way we behave. It changes the way we act. And he's saying we need to be acting as obedient children. In other words, it's not longer about what I want. It's not longer about doing things my way. It's not longer about acting my way. But it's about fulfilling his desires. 
but it's about acting according to his will. It's not about me anymore. It's about Jesus. It's about his glory. So we're planting our church there. And let me tell you something. It's not about Iglesia Vida. It's about the gospel. It's about Jesus. And the work that he will do through Iglesia Vida. So Jesus changes the way we think, but also he changes the way we act. We can no longer act the same way that we used to before knowing Christ. Because he changes our behavior. In Proverbs 26 uh, verse 11 says, like a dog that returns to his vomit, it's a fool who repeats his folly. Now this, when you read this verse, it's kind of, it's a little bit hard to digest, right? Because it's just, just very, very, very specific, right? But when you think about it, it's like, man, that's nasty. That's just disgusting. You know, the dog population, TJ, it, it, it's, it's huge. <laughs> you find dogs everywhere on the streets, right? Um, and so we can relate to that. <laughs> we can see that. You know, we cannot longer act the same way that we used to because the gospel changes the way we act. It changes the way we behave. So, so Jesus changes the way we think. Jesus changes the way we act. And so as we grow and live our life centered on the gospel of Jesus, we will have a different perspective on sin. We will pursue God's holiness instead of sinfulness. We will pursue his glory. So it changes the way we think. It changes the way we act. But also, it changes our perspective of God. Verse 16, since it is written, you should be holy for I am holy. And if you call on him as a father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. So it changes the way we see God and changes our perspective of God. And the first thing that Peter, that Peter is, is mentioning in, in verse 17, it says, and if you call on him as a father. Over the last um, years, we have been working with an orphanage in, 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 in our community. Um, this orphanage has been there for, for many years. You know, and, and kids from, from different 
areas of the, of the community come there, they're fatherless. You know, and there are a lot of orphanages and organizations throughout the city. Those little girls that I met when I went there for the first time, they were fatherless. No, the only one that can change that is Jesus. Because Jesus connects us to the Father. Galatians 4, 6, it says, And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. You know, that is huge. Because we remember the context. This, this people, they're going through a lot of stuff. They're going through a lot of, a lot of trouble, a lot of issues. And they, they needed to be reminded that God is a good father. A lot of families, a lot of kids, a lot of teenagers in our city, they need to know that even, even though that their earthly father failed them, God, as a heavenly father, is there. Many years ago, we were still in Florida. I remember my son, Alan, um, he was around four or five. And we remember, I remember he, th that we got invited to, to a gathering with some friends uh, in a farm. And it was kind of in the evening. It was getting dark. And remember, we get there. We parked. And, and my, my son, if you know my son, uh, um, he's always running. You know, he, he went from, 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 from crawling to running. He didn't walk. He just, he's always running. He's just on and off, you know, on in the morning, off at night. So he's got a lot of energy. And, and that has been since he was little. And so I get him out of the car seat, and, and I put him down, and, and I said, okay, wait, wait a second, all right? Let me, let me get to other stuff. And then I turn around, he started running, <laughs> And I would call on him and say, Alan, hey, come over here. It's, it's dark. Cars are moving. And, and, and we don't know this place. I don't want you to get hurt. And he's like, Dad, I got it. I got it. I know where I'm going. So he just kept on running. As he was running towards where everybody was at, you know, he saw a big dog coming just towards him. And he was running. And then he just turned around as soon as he saw the dog and just starts running back to me. And then I'm standing there, and he just comes and grabs my hand and just holds me. And I told him, I say, I told you so. <laughs> but it was a, just a good picture for me to, re to remember how God, as our Heavenly Father, protects us. And he's there to lead us and guide us. Even though sometimes we might think, oh, I got this. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. So Peter's reminding these people that, hey, he is your father. And you can cry out to him. And, and, and so this phrase of Abba, Father, in Galatians 4 speaks of a communion with him, of a relationship with our Heavenly Father. So not only, not only does, it, does it change this, the, 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 the perspective we see God and we see him now as a father, but also we can see him 
as our Savior. In verse 18, it says, Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, with the precious, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. You know, he is our Savior. Salvation, it's only in Jesus Christ. Enoch and Betty cannot save the city of Tijuana. Only Christ can save that city. And that's why we're there. Because we believe in the message of the gospel. And because we have experienced that in our lives. Because God can change us. Because he is our salvation. And our salvation is not based on anything else, only in Jesus Christ. And that's our hope. So as a church, we just preach the message of the gospel. And let God do the rest. Let God change the lives and the hearts. So when you feel holy, hopeless, just remember the miracle that God has done through the blood of Jesus Christ. When you feel like there's nothing else, just remember what Christ has done for you. And that he gives us the hope. So not only we see him as a father, not only we see him as a savior, but also we see him as a holy God. Verse 16, since it is written, you should be holy for I am holy. And Peter is quoting an Old Testament verse. So, so and I don't want to skip this, this aspect of God because he is, he is a holy God. And this means that there's no sin in him. Therefore, he does not tolerate sin. Because... It goes against who he is, his identity, his character. And so he'll see the church, you and I can be holy because we belong to a holy God. My kids can be Rivera, that's our last name, so you, you can spell it River A, Rivera. And, and so uh, my kids can be Rivera because they belong to me. So it gives us a sense of, belong, of belonging to a holy God. The gospel changes our perspective and how we see God. We see him as a father, we see him as a savior, and we see him as, as a holy God. So as we grow in our knowledge of the, of the holiness and the gospel and, 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 our, and our sin, Something else is growing in us. And that is our love for Jesus and our love for others. Verse 22. 20, uh, verse um, 20 says, He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was man uh, made manifest in the last times for the sake of you 
who through him are all believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Verse 22, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. So Jesus changes my love for others. Jesus changes the way I treat other people. So, so not longer, it not only changes my, my, the way of thinking, not only changes the way I act, not only changes my perspective on God, but also changes the way I would treat other people. And that brings fellowship and unity. Because of the love of Jesus Christ. So as I grow in the knowledge of the gospel and in the knowledge of the grace of God, I must also grow in my deeper love for others. You might ask me, why, you, why did you go to Tijuana? Because I love my people. Because I love them. Because I love the city. And I want them to experience the love of Jesus in their lives. I want them to experience the same love that changed me and that continues to change me. I want them to experience the same love that my family experiences. The love of Jesus. And that brings unity. That brings restoration that brings fellowship. I know we're getting ready to partake communion. That is possible because of the blood of Jesus Christ. That is possible because of the sacrifice that Christ did for us. So I will love people the same way Jesus loved them. And I will treat people the same way Jesus treats them. Not only the ones that, are, that, that look and think and act like me, but even those who don't. You know, it's so good to be here this morning. And as we are gathering here this morning, our church is getting ready to gather over there. You know, God is a multicultural God. God loves everyone. And we're there to preach the gospel of Jesus from everywhere to everyone, even to those who might think different and act different than us. Even those who might look different than us. Because we understand that the gospel is the message of hope. Because we understand that only Jesus can change the situation in our city. Only Jesus 
can change the issues in our community. In the last few months, we had a large group, you probably heard this on the news, of the caravan that was coming from Central America. They're there in our city. 8,000 people came at once. And when they got there, I got the opportunity to go out to where they were gathered and preach the gospel to them. And to show the love of Jesus Christ. Even though they're from a different country, with a different culture, God loves them as well. And God loves our community. And God loves this community. So the gospel changes the way we think. It changes the way we act. It changes our perspective on God. But also changes the way we will relate to others. It changes the way we treat them. It changes our love for others. Let me pray this morning. Um, we're getting ready to partake communion. And this is possible to have fellowship because of what Jesus did. His body was broken so that his body, the church, may live. Because of the gospel of Jesus. Let me pray. Father, I'm so thankful, Lord, to be here this morning. I'm so thankful for your grace and mercy. Lord, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, even though we didn't deserve it. But that just speaks of who you are and your love for us. So, Lord, we just want to praise you this morning, Jesus. And we just want to glorify your name. And I pray, Lord, that we will just stern, stand firm in the hope of the gospel, in your hope, in your grace. Lord, I pray that you continue to open doors in this community, in our community in Mexico, so that your name will be made known throughout our cities. We love you. We praise you. And I pray, Lord, that you will help us grow more and deeper in the love for you, but at the same time in the love for other people. Love you. In your name I pray.